the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. In this episode, Dave looks into God revealing himself through the Bible. The main reading is Jeremiah chapter 9. Jeremiah 9. Um, so uh, we looked at the other Sunday night, and I just want to build up on that a little bit, of God revealing himself. Um, obviously, God's heart, God's design for us is to know him. Um, uh, that's why we were created. Everything else is secondary, it's not, imp- not as important as knowing him. That's what we were created for. And knowing, of course, we looked at that, we looked at make me to know, Lord. Knowing is not just observing, reflecting understanding it's experiencing as well uh, because we can know intellectually and even emotionally uh, but if our will is not in, enacted it's like faith and repentance it's the volitional where we actually enact it and uh, we looked at how God reveals himself in the Old Testament um, amazing I, I have uh, photocopied you can take those I photocopied about 30 names there of God and of course there are a lot more but you can take that and uh, meditate on it and have a look at them and uh, pin them up on your fridge or something. Um, take one a day and see what the Lord, see how the Lord reveals. First of all, he reveals himself through his name. Of course, names to us just are a means of identification. If someone shouts David, generally turn around, depending on who it is, of course. Isn't it? Uh, um, uh, but of course, in those days, a name represented their character, their nature, or what the parent hoped they would be. And uh, we've looked at many names, and of course, the funny one was Zacchaeus, wasn't it? Um, what they hoped him to be, his name meant pure. And of course, he was the biggest thief and traitor and, and rogue along. So uh, we can see straight away that he was he was rejected by his family as well. He would have been, wouldn't he? Um, but so we see, and when God reveals his names, and he does that progressively through the Old Testament, he's revealing who he is, so we can know him. And that's amazing. So let's look at our first one. Uh, it's not the first name, of course. Uh, Genesis 1 is that. But um, the first one we'll look at this tonight. Genesis 14, 18 to 20. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God, most high, and he blessed Abraham, saying, Blessed be Abraham, thy God, most high, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Yes. Then Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. Well, this Melchizedek, which is a really uh, interesting one, because Hebrews picks it up, and he's either a type of Jesus or even Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. Where, where that's a, a different uh, question. But he declares over Abraham, your God most high. Um, there is no other God. There is no God. There are gods. We, ex- we make up ourselves and we um, manufacture, but there's only one God. He's most high. He's high and lifted up. He is, uh, the word is transcendent. He's, a, he's outside of time and space. That's why he created. That's why he's omniscient. He can see it from start to finish. But he is most high. Most high. Now, this next one is an interesting one. Um, because it's the first one 
um, that uh, a human person calls God something, names God something. Not, not God is not revealing this. They are, they've had a revelation of who God is and they are naming him. This is interesting. Uh, uh, Genesis 16, 7 to 14. The angel of the Lord found Aga near the spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road of Shah. And he said, Aga, slave of Sarai, where have you come from? And where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, Go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, You are now pregnant and you will give birth to a son and you shall name him Ishmael. For the Lord has heard of your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility towards all his brothers. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I am now seen the one who sees me. That is why the dwell, uh, that is why the well was called Bia Lahai Rohai. It is still there between Kadash and Bedred. Amazing, really, isn't it? That uh, and, and that's why there's no one outside the scope of uh, knowing the Lord. This was a, 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 she was a slave, handmaid. She was foreign. She was Egyptian, African. Um, and uh, she obviously, um, again, <laughs> it's interesting when you see the description of Ishmael. What a great description of the Arab people. Oh, yeah. Isn't it? I mean, uh, uh, true, true, not true word ever spoken. And of course, we see again, never underestimate the, the consequences of sin. See, the, the, the problem we have today is started here, where Sarah. Um, didn't trust God and she allowed the culture of the day when the culture of the day is if you couldn't have a child you would get a surrogate to have a child for you well, they do that today I suppose sometimes um, and that was the culture of the day and God had said no I'll do it but the squeeze and the pressure compromise my ways independence not trusting in God and when we don't trust in God we'll do it our way and then the consequences rattle on and of course we're uh, thousands of years down the road and we, we are, sadly have the consequences even today and when flesh comes in, there's chaos, there's conflict. And um, then Hagar, obviously, um, thankfully God used us even when we're not very, she wasn't very nice to Sarah, was she? The Bible says she scorned her. Um, she um, belittled her. And the flesh always does that to the promise of God. It always brings down the promise of God, always belittles what God is and what God does. But there it was, and of course, uh, instead of Abraham stepping in and sorting out, he said, oh, Sarah, do what you want, didn't he? Yeah. Abraham, get a bit of backbone, boy. Uh, but he let, and of course, then Sarah started abusing her um, and responding in like. And of course, she runs away. And that's never the, the answer. She runs away. Back to Egypt, back to her hometown, back to the world, back to idolatry. Never the best. And thankfully, the Lord meets her. And uh, that's, a, that's a wonderful thing. And sometimes we can be so far from the Lord, yet the Lord meets us. And um, she's running away. She's going from the Lord. Uh, she's going from the place, a place of blessing. Abram's 
house was a place of salvation, a place of blessing. She's going away from it uh, because you got a bit too tough. And that can be our problem. Sometimes we, we don't like it difficult. And as Christians, sometimes it's going to get a bit tough and difficult. And it's going to be, uh, you know, opposition. But thankfully, the Lord meets her. Where are you? Where are you going? And then he reveals himself to her. And here she is, naming the Lord. The first person to name the Lord. She's a slave. She's a foreigner. And in that culture, she's a woman. Uh, so, so all those things we say, oh, do you mean? But she, she names the first person to name the Lord. And what did she say? You are the God who sees. What a beautiful a beautiful revelation. You are the God. Who, I've seen you because you've seen exactly where I am. You've seen my state. And, uh, of course, he returns us. So there's a, a lovely lovely name. So that's a, a revelation that God reveals to her. And she names him. How about this one? Uh, the Lord is speaking to uh, Moses. And Moses um, I, I think it was Spurgeon said this is one of the greatest prayers you can ever pray uh, one of the most wondrous he, he said, Moses said Lord show me your glory mm. show me your glory Lord mm. and uh, he said well uh, Moses I can't show you fully because if I did you would be <coughs> consumed but you just get me there now in the cleft of the rock and I will, I will let my goodness and my nature pass and the glory of God comes along. And this is God revealing himself through, uh, we, we've looked at this before, eight to nine descriptions. And then we come to this, with this particular one, which is, uh, maybe we, we, we don't like so much, but it's an interesting one. Uh, Exodus 34, 6 to 14. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. Keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. So Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped. Then he said, If now I have found grace in your sight, O Lord, let, me, let my Lord, I pray, go among us. Even though we are stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sin, and take us as your inheritance, the covenant renewed. And he said, Behold, I make a covenant before all your people. I will do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth, nor in any nation and all the people among whom you are, you are shall see the work of the Lord, for it is an awesome thing that I will do with you. Observe what I command you this day. Behold, I am driving out from before you the Amorite and the Canaanite and the Hittite and Perizzite and Hivite and Jebusite. Take heed yourself, lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land where you are going, lest it be a snare in your midst. But you shall destroy their altars, break their sacred pillars and cut down their wood, wood, wooden images. For you shall worship no other god for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Lots of things going on there. The Lord, gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love. There's eight or nine characteristics there that you can, um, again, reveal who he is. And then he drops this in, which we sometimes, because we, again, in our mind, uh, it's a negative thing. But of course, it's negative because we are sinful. Like anger is negative because we are sinful. When we get angry, it's never a good thing when God gets angry it's righteous and it's, it's right uh, and he, he uses this word he's a jealous God uh, it, it's the word zealous really he is a God that is absolutely 
totally committed to his people. Of course, jealousy in our mind is a green-eyed monster, which is selfish, which is negative. You've got something I want, I want it. Do not covet. Uh, and it's, it's a negative thing. But in God's, and of course, because we're sinful, and God uses these words, they call them uh, anthropomorphisms, uh, descriptions of God in the Lamb was drawn from, our, from man, just to get our understanding. But his, his zeal, his jealousy, is the pa his passion for his people to preserve something supremely precious, to protect what we are created for, that's relationship with him, and nothing comes between that. That's why he said, don't go to idolatry. That uh, it destroys you, it diminishes you. You were not created for those, you were created for me. It, it, it leads you away. Um, uh, destroy ourselves pursuing anything and anyone else apart from him. And he provides, his zeal provides salvation for that relationship to be restored. See, he's a zealous God. He's absolutely committed and passionate for his people. In the Old Testament, he was passionate for, for the land. Passionate for his people, passionate for his name, and passionate for the inheritance of the people as well. Um, and of course, th that should be reflected in us. He says, look, you, 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 never, Romans 12, never let you be fervent, zealous, keep yourself at boiling point. He said, be zealous for good works, zealous for the gifts of the Spirit. Be zealous, that's his nature. He's committed, he's not half-hearted like me. Well, perhaps I'll take it or leave it. No, he was, come on, come on, isn't it? When, when our kids used to play, you know, one thing we used to say is get after the ball, isn't it? If you lose it, get after it. You know, get stuck. If you're going to play, you know, if you don't want to play, get off the field. But if you're going to play, give it your best. And, and God is saying, look, you are mine. I'm passionate for you. Show that as well. He is a zealous, jealous God. And uh, we, we do a great disservice to ourselves when we put anything else before God. Um, God is angry with that because he knows the damage. He does. Sin, you see, uh, is what God sees the end result of it. He sees the consequences. That's why he hates it, because it destroys us. And the consequences are sometimes, of course, eternal. So he's a zealous God. He's a zealous God. And, of course, that other, other name that is hidden in there is Yahweh, the I Am. And we've looked at that before. The I Am is just... Uh, from the, from the verb to be. I am who I am. I will be what I will be. My being from my being. My existence from my existence. He is the beginning. He known before him. He is the start. He has energy. He is life within himself. He draws life from within himself. That's why one of the great uh, examples and one of the great proofs there is a God is that we talked before. One of the laws of science is energy cannot be created. It can, and it can't be destroyed either. It can only be transferred from one thing to another. So the great question is, where did it come from in the first place? Well, of course, obviously, God. He is the I am. He's, he's the, the, the one who is and has been and will be. So he is the all in all. He is the end result. He is, there's no reality behind him or beside him. Um, we don't argue with him. Whatever he says is absolutely right by because he is the creator. So we see that. And, and that's a great name that he is committed to us. Bless the Lord. If we forget him, that's a wonderful thing, isn't it? He is absolutely zealous for you. The Spirit of the Bible in the New Testament said the Holy Spirit longs, yearns, jealousy after you and after your spirit that he will fill you and know you and you will know him. What about this one? We know this very well. Isaiah 6. One to three. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, 
Miss Chainfield Temple, and the Dudley Dudley Seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Well, this is, uh, we, we sometimes say it's a characteristic of the law, but it is not really a characteristic, it's, it's foundational. Who he is, like we say, God is love, God is holy. And uh, this is one characteristic that is, uh, more than any other, is repeated. Uh, it doesn't say he's a holy God. No, 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 just to make sure, holy, 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 three times, just to make sure who he is, he's uh, separate, he's pure, He's set apart, he's trans uh, uh, transcendent, he's pure, he's unique, separate, and all those things. And, and we see when, when Isaiah has this great revelation of who he is, from then on he calls the Lord the Holy One of Israel, which he uses nearly 30 times. And uh, mostly in Isaiah, you'll find it a bit in Psalms and a couple of the other prophets. But uh, Isaiah is the one who says, the Holy One of Israel. He realizes how awesome God is. He's not just awesome in power, he's awesome in character, in purity. And that's why when we, people are very flippant, aren't they? Very flippant. Oh, that's why we they care for when they, oh my God, we use, use it everywhere. People use it everywhere. How flippant we are with the holiness of God. And uh, the Bible says he is a consuming fire. And that's an awesome thought. Uh, we bring him down to our level. And that's our problem. That's why we, when we go through the names of God and we go those names in front of you, we see how <laughs> it begins to expand our view and uh, magnify him, magnify him uh, to who he really is. And uh, of course, uh, holiness of God. He is um, holy, holy in everything he does. His name, his justice, his wisdom, his arm, his promise, his love, all from his holiness. He is the holy one of Israel. And that's why um, uh, he demands reverence and uh, awe. Um, I was just, uh, again, I don't know why things clip up on my head, and there was Jordan Peterson again, mm. saving Lord. He, oh, he's, he's definitely amazing, really. Uh, mm. And he was talking to um, Morgan, Piers Morgan. And uh, he said, Piers Morgan said, oh, do you believe in God? And he was talking about that. And uh, he said, well, he said, you know, the, the most succinct thing I can think of is, um, what Solomon said, he said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, he said. He said, I can't put any any more succinct than that. I thought, oh Lord, mm. that's, that's an amazing, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom because he realizes, he knows there's a God. <laughs> and he, he, you know, when we begin to see there's a God, then there's accountability, isn't it? And we begin to think, oh, there's a bit of, uh, oh, careful now, what am I doing? What am I saying? Where am I going? And, and so his names, his names, and of course you've got those names to go through, uh, yeah, take one a day. Oh, stir your heart. And uh, that's just a quick Google, that was. And I, I, I did that one because it was the verses by the side of it. It's always good to look at the context, how we came, where they came. And uh, you could see another few there. The Lord is the healer. And that's after the, 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 the children of Israel mourned and groaned. Remember, they came to the water. It was bitter. Oh, and they mourned and groaned and said, put the tree. It's a great picture of Calvary. And he said, look, if you, if you listen to me, if you do as I say, I'll be the Lord that healeth thee, healeth thee. The Lord's my banner. That's the, after the time where um, 
they, Joshua defeated the Amalekites. How did he defeat them? By worship, surrender, prayer, air on the one side, her on the other side, exalted strength, purity on the other side, lifting up. And the Bible says they destroyed Amalek, which is flesh. They set up a, an altar and they called it Jehovah, Yahweh, Nisi. My, the Lord is my banner. And we looked at that, the name. So that's something how God reveals himself. You want to know God? Look at what he calls himself. Look at what people call him. We looked at one on Sunday with the Lord is my rock uh, that David could say many times out of his circumstances. How about his uh, commands? His commandments show his character, who he is. Ezekiel uh, 20, 10 to 12. Therefore I made them go out of the land of Egypt and brought them into the wilderness. And I gave them my statues, statues and showed them my judgments, which if a man does, he shall live by them. Moreover, I also gave them my Sabbaths to be a sign between them and me, that they might know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. Yeah, I gave them my statutes and showed them the word there is informed or knew, knew my ordinances, and, and through those they knew <coughs> me. And uh, we can see what God, what's God's heart. Um, through the commandments of course when Jesus comes along he said look them commandments certainly the, the moral law th that's always been ceremonial law is being replaced obviously but the moral law is written on your hearts and again that's one of the great uh, proofs that we are not animals that we were created by a God because there's a conscience uh, within us <laughs> uh, you know it's amazing I was, was I, uh, again reading something about when people go into prison they've done certain things they have to separate them because even those prisoners said how dare you do such a thing especially when it comes to children and that thing that honor amongst thieves isn't it that kind of this built into us that conscience even though it's seared and warped because we're sinful there's something uh, in our hearts it, moral law of course jesus says look you can, you can bottle this down to two things love god with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself Said that's it. that's as easy as can be to understand. Not so easy to live, <laughs> but that's what it is. In his commands, he saw it, that's his character. How about this? It's lovely. And if you want to know anything about how much uh, the word means and how to get yourself stood up, Psalm 119. I just finished it today. Psalm 119 is is the is the uh, writer just loves his word, loves everything about his words. His testimony, his status, his ordinances, his commands, the law. He loves it. And you, something you look at the law, and think, oh, look at that. But it just shows how much God is interested in us that He would actually go down to the very sort of. Uh, that uh, small detail of our lives and said no do this do it this way what do you eat and all those kind of things he, he was that interesting in his people um psalm 119 all of it no no 120 to 12930 <laughs> your testimonies are wonderful therefore my soul keeps them the entrance of your words gives light it gives understanding to the simple Bless the Lord. <clears throat> Thankfully, even us who are simple can have great understanding. We can be wise if we allow God's word, the entrance of his word, the unfolding of his word. When his word goes in, it opens our eyes, gives us revelation of who he is. And uh, nothing more wonderful. Now again, this, again, we've looked at this psalm. Psalm 19, 7 to 11. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. 
The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. By them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Yeah. See, his word, again, we, we sometimes think we are separate from our words, but the Lord is very clear. <coughs> Out of our hearts, our mouth speaks. And I said the other day, didn't I, um, I, I met someone who hasn't been to church for quite a while. And the, the first thing I noticed was their speech, how, how loose their tongue was. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't, not swearing per se, but looseness. You know what I mean? Loose. I thought, hmm, your word is always <coughs> Your word is where our heart, looseness of the tongue comes from uh, looseness of the heart. Our hearts are not on him and with him. And uh, see, when God, God's words, because he is who he is, his words, he said, your words, Lord, your, your law is perfect, it's complete. It restores the soul, your testimonies, your witness, assure, they are steadfast, making wise the simple. That's us, foolish, silly, bless the Lord, giving us the right way to go. The statutes, your precepts are right, upright, level. They rejoice the heart. Amazing. The Lord's word can give us such a joy because sometimes we don't know what we think or what we're supposed to do, but his word comes along and says, this is the way, this is the way. Um, walk in it. Commandments of pure, absolute, giving luminous, shining in our eyes, and the fear of the Lord, of course, is clean. It, uh, it, uh, it's a, as an ending. It's a favour of the Lord, uh, pure and, and uh, unalloyed. And uh, the Lord's word, the Lord's words reflect who He is. We want to know God. We want to know who He's like. His word, isn't it? His word. His name. His character. His words. His words. What about, um, we looked at this other one, his judgments. Hmm, that's interesting. Again, if you read Psalm 119, um, the psalmist says, look, I, look I, I meditate on your judgments and I'm comforted. I'm comforted, why? Because God only judges absolutely upright, isn't he? Everything he does is absolutely upright, even though we think, well, I don't know what's happening here. Look, God's got it all in the hand. We look at the Middle East and we think, what on earth's going on? The Lord's got it in their hand. The Lord's already told us, isn't he? That uh, Israel will be attacked from all sides. So from the west and from the north. And they only got Iran a bit to the east. And then, you know, it, the Bible is very clear. We pray for the Shalom of Jerusalem. And of course, we pray for the saving of, 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 of I think of those Hamas, how godless they are. But the, the average Palestinian has no say, do they? I mean, they, these people have been running. They haven't had an election for how many years? So these, and, and the leaders of Hamas, they're not there. I was just, yeah, they, they, they're in Qatar and they, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you go and fight, boys, where are we? I'm in Qatar in my five-star hotel. Um, and so we see, but we pray for the ordinary Palestinian that uh, has been, you know, battered by their own people, really. I mean, they've, they've had billions given them, but they've never invested into the people. They've invest into other things. So we pray for their salvation there. Uh, Lord, use this to see people come and turn from Islam. What on earth? Every see, we see where Islam is, it destroys, it corrupts, it oppresses. 
there's nothing good in it at all when it's in control. Uh, we don't see any, any, and that's, that's the evidence of, mm. see, when we see uh, our, uh, the history of our land where Christianity was the, is a root and foundation, dear me, wouldn't it? Slavery was abolished. Yeah. Those people who, were, who were, were working, kids were working at seven, eight, and nine. No, no, no. Get them to school. You know, and, and uh, women's prisons and all those, all those amazing things. We, we are so historically uh, illiterate so often, but all the great men and women God raised up in our, in our nation mm. that brought, you know, godliness and goodness to our land. And uh, you know, we are living off the back of that, and we need some a renewal of that. Or we'd be in trouble. It's judgment. Psalm 9, 15 to 16. The heathen are sunk down in the pit that they made. In the net which they hid is their own foot taken. The Lord is known by the judgment which he executeth. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. The Lord is known by his judgments. Um, let's have a look at that. We can see that right before our eyes. Exodus 6, 5 to 8. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and a mighty act of judgment. I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession, as I am the Lord. See, uh, we, although we, know, we are a bit like Israel, aren't we? But they should have known very clearly that they knew who God was by his judgments. Because in Exodus 12, he said he judged every God of Egypt. Every God of Egypt he judged and uh, destroyed them and revealed who he was. He was the great I am. Remember, Egypt was the, the ruling power of the, of the time throughout the world, the known world there. And every God that they elevated, God brought him down. He said, no, there's only one God. Only one God. And uh, his judgments show who he is. He is the only one. And that which stands against him, that which is evil, remember, he will bring down. Um, again, we have that inbuilt in us, don't we? We have that justice in us. When we see something in, unjust or unjust, as you say, on the TV, we think, God, even this week I was looking at something and I was, the anger rose up and said, oh, that is so wrong. How much more God, who is perfect and pure in his, in his righteous anger, uh, how much more him? Um, uh, Moses goes before uh, Pharaoh, and uh, this is the time of the frogs, Okay, if you're French, you like frogs legs, I suppose, but there's few about there. Although I've had frogs legs and hardly any meat on them, so it's a waste of time. Um, and he said, uh, he said, get rid of these frogs. He said, you, you tell me the time. You, you just say when you want them gone. He said, I gave you that priority, your privilege. And he said, so you will know who God is. You will know that he is God, not you. And he said, tomorrow. And he said, right, you said it, and the Lord will bring it to pass. So God's justice, God's judgment reveals who he is. So we know him, we know him, and re, re, uh, realize that we don't play fast and loose with the Lord either. Mm. Um, again, we mentioned Ananias and Sapphira, and, and that's an interesting one, and we think, ooh, we're not. But when we just dig a little bit deeper, uh, their hearts, it was a heart problem, 
And um, so there. So that's God. Uh, he reveals himself through his judge, justice and judgments. He also reveals himself through his promises. His promises. And his, pro- and his prophetic word. That when he promises something, you can rely upon it. Uh, 2 Samuel 7, 20, 26. David speaking. What more can David say to him? For you know your servant, sovereign Lord. For the sake of your word and according to your will, you have done this great thing and made it known to your servant. Mm. How great you are, sovereign Lord. There is no one like you, and there is no God but you as we have heard and our own with our own ears. And who is like your people Israel, the one nation on earth, that God went out to redeem as a people for himself and to make a name for himself and to perform great and awesome wonders by driving out nations and their gods from before the people whom you redeemed from Egypt. You have established your people Israel as your very own forever and you, Lord, have become their gods. And now, Lord God, keep forever the promise you have made concerning your servant and his house. Do as you promised. So that the name will be great forever. Then people will say the Lord Almighty is God over Israel. Yeah. David, uh, after after having the prophetic word of him, just just basking in the praise of the Lord. Lord, who am I? uh, wasn't much in his family. The Bible we read this, the background of the story. It was, it was David wasn't even brought. His father didn't even bring him before the prophet. Stick, stay out there. You're the youngest. You it could have been a bit shady where his, his background was as well. Uh, but the Lord said, "Oh my shepherd boy, yeah. but your promise, your promise." And uh, thankfully, you, you can again see down through history the promise of God to every king. Mm-hmm. And um, even the Lord making it difficult for himself, sometimes saying, right, you, you're finished, but I'll bring it, the, the, the Davidic kingdom right down through uh, till, till Jesus, of course. Um, what about this? I love, I love God's word and his promises. Isaiah 45, 1-7. This is what the Lord says to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I take hold of to subdue nations before him and to strip kings of their armor, to open doors before him so that gates will not be shut. I will go before you and will level the mountains. I will break down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. For the sake of Jacob, my servant, of Israel, my chosen, I summon you by name and bestow on you a title of honour, though you do not acknowledge me. I am the Lord and there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. I will strengthen you, though you have not acknowledged me, so that from the rising of the sun to the place of its setting, men may know there is none besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other. I form the light and create the darkness. I bring prosperity and create disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. Yeah, he's the awesome one. Um, you will know me, I will promise. Now, you say, well, what is the King Cyrus? Yeah, yeah. Remember, this is written 
give or take 700 BC. Mm. <clears throat> no, such, no such person as King Cyrus. Mm. No. But Isaiah writes this, and you're probably thinking, Lord, who was this King Cyrus? Where's he coming from? Well, 100 or 150 years, if not more later, there did arise King Cyrus. Mm-hmm. And God did use him. I wonder if Ezra went up to him and said, look, the Lord's spoken to you already. Isaiah's prophesied about you. Um, but he, he, he said, God will use you, King Cyrus. Um, and uh, although you didn't acknowledge me, I will use you to bless my people, to raise my people, to show. And of course, Ezra, Ezra 1, used the fulfillment of that promise. Hundred, over 150 years later, Ezra 1, 1 to 4. In the first year, Cyrus was king of Persia. The Lord called Cyrus to send an announcement to his whole kingdom and to put it in writing. This happened so the Lord's message spoke by Jeremiah would come true. He wrote, This is what Cyrus, king of Persia, says. The Lord, the God of heaven, has given all the kingdoms of the earth to me, and he has appointed me to build a temple for you in Jerusalem and Judah. May God be with all of you who are his people. You are free to go to Jerusalem and Judah and build the temple of the Lord, the God of Israel, who is in Jerusalem. Those who stay behind, wherever they live, should support those who want to go. Give them silver, gold, supplies and cattle, and special gifts to the temple of God in Jerusalem. What a prophetic word by Isaiah. Fulfilled to the letter, 150 years later in Ezra. Well, you could have said, well, you know, he's fulfilling. Look, he's the king. He didn't have to do anything. Mm. He didn't have to follow uh, the Jewish, a Jewish prophet. It was 150 years before. But the Bible says the Lord stood his heart. Mm. The Lord stood his heart. Bless the Lord. And when the Lord stirs our heart, we take all of God's word and we fulfill it. And to the letter, he said, look, the Lord has given me this. And now go back, build, and be the people of God. Thankfully, we see through his promises and through his prophetic word who God is. He's a person of his word. Sometimes we've given our word, haven't we? It doesn't mean the best. We've negated or neglected it. But when God promises something, it's absolute. And I love these, this promise to finish. At Joel 2, 25, 27. So I will restore to you the years that have swarmed locusts and eaten, the crawling locusts, the consuming locusts and the chewing locusts, my great army, which I sent among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you, with you, and my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. Again, the promise of God uh, that all the years that were devastated, he said he would restore. And as we've seen in history, the Lord restored into the land uh, against all hope, against all uh, uh, <laughs> what people wanted, uh, especially in the majority of the world, but the Lord did it. He said, I will do it. And you will know, you will know. Sometimes you wonder what's happening. Well, the Lord sometimes allows us to be shaken. I would, uh, Someone showed me, I think it was Mike that showed me the other day about a, a Jewish man with his arrogance. He said, No, we don't need to follow the Lord because we can do this and we do that. And be careful, be careful because the Lord is again just a little bit of shaking to realize we need Him. We need Him and uh, they need to learn and lean on Him.
We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org. Thank you.